Welcome to the Restless Hearts Podcast, a podcast dedicated to spiritual reflections and conversations about our journey together as human beings. I am Father Ray DeLugos, an Augustinian friar serving at Merrimack College as the Vice President for Mission and Ministry. I could never have envisioned what I and all of us are actually giving up for Lent this year. On Ash Wednesday, the idea that we would be fasting from March Madness and all sporting events was absurd. The thought that we would be fasting from engaging with students face-to-face and in person and having to engage them through technology alone was unthinkable. And not only would we fast from touching each other, we would be fasting from gathering together for socializing, meet meetings, business, worship, and friendship. We're even fasting from going to church. But this is the fasting that is being asked of us this year. I wonder if considering this Lent and its sacrifice as one very large communal act of fasting might help us to find within this imposed but sacred experience some spiritual value. For that is what fasting during Lent is really all about. How might we need to be transformed by this season? And when the transformation is not of our choosing, it might indeed have the power to do some very necessary changing of our hearts that we might otherwise not even consider. I am used to fasting and sacrifice being something personal, and yet the power of those actions is exponentially greater when we engage in them together. The disciplines of Lent, like all disciplines in the Catholic tradition, are really meant to be communal experiences rather than personal choices. For example, in normal times, we are asked to fast on days like Ash Wednesday and Good Friday and to abstain from meat on Fridays during Lent. The primary value of of being asked of that being asked of us is the fact that we do it because we are all doing it. The fasting joins us in solidarity with each other, regardless of how much we can afford to eat or how good our food could be. The fasting is meant to join us together in a shared emptiness, a shared longing, a shared humility, a shared prayer, and the goal just might be to call us into a greater willingness to share rather than to hoard. The fasting we will do this Lent against our will invites us to realize that this is something we are doing together and doing for each other. We are asked to change the way we live and move through the world for our own good, our own personal health and safety, but even more so for the common good, for the safety and well-being of everyone. When we are deprived of the enjoyment that might come to us from sports in person or on TV, we make the world safer for everyone and not just those in our immediate circle of care. We may be tempted to look at one another as potential threats and so be very wary and suspicious of each other. But we could just as easily see everyone else as someone whom I need to care about and to care for. How this experience might change us if we are able to see that we are doing this for the sake of all and not just for our own sake. 
We are all asked to fast and to fast together. Why not have in mind that this fasting is actually an act of love for all of our brothers and sisters? The fasting and the reality that motivates us to do so can teach us something that we far too easily forget, if in fact we ever knew it. Every action and choice we make impacts every other person for good or ill in the universe. If a sneeze or a cough can be so dangerous, what about our other choices to be reckless, uncaring, condescending? Each one of us not only affects ourselves and a few others with our actions, but each one of us in every action we carry out does somehow affect everyone else. What a great thing it would be if we could just get a tiny bigger sense of how true that is when making our choices about everything we do going forward. The very involuntary nature of this fasting highlights all the more that we have more in common with each other than we have differences dividing us. This virus doesn't discriminate between rich and poor, powerful and weak, black, brown, red, or white skin, young or old. Oh, some may be more susceptible than others, but none of us can protect ourselves with power and privilege. We can only protect ourselves and each other by fasting. And so one of the great lessons that fasting can teach us is right at our fingertips, that we are not in charge of the world, of nature, or of creation. The world, the planet, and all forms of life within it are not here to do our bidding, to serve our purposes, or to make our wishes and dreams come true. Rather, we are part of life, part of creation, and we are no more entitled to have nature follow our orders and work in accord with our plans than any other part of creation. And so along with an invitation to experience solidarity with one another through this fasting, we are also invited to humbly realize that we are not the masters of the world that we have come to believe we are, but just one life form, one species among many called to interact and impact each other. This fasting can humble us in very good ways. If through it we learn that we are servants of the one who gave us creation, stewards of a planet that does not exist solely for us, but one we share with all forms of life. Finally, like all fasting, this fasting calls us to look with candor and honesty at our relationship with our creator. How could a good God who loves us allow for this kind of fear, worry, stress, disruption, sickness, suffering, and even death? It was common in the past, and may still be in the minds of many, that somehow this plague is a punishment from God. And it would be all too easy to start listing very good reasons for the human race to be afflicted like this now, and very hard to ever bring that list to an end. But pandemics, epidemics, plagues, famines, earthquakes, tornadoes, sickness, and death are not punishments from God. They are simply the way nature works. Certainly, forced fasting like this and the anxiety and fear that motivates it invites us to pray, to fall on our knees, beg for, beg for God's help, and we should do that with great fervor. 
but it would do us far more good to pray from the understanding that is central to all prayer. And that is that the point of prayer is not to change God's mind or to change God's behavior or to change God's thoughts, but to change the hearts of those who pray. Of course, many will not see this as worthy of prayer, but rather as a challenge to our own ingenuity and intelligence, creativity and science. And it is that. But it is also an invitation to see clearly how limited we are in our ability to really explain, predict, and control reality. And that life remains and will always be an invitation to trust. We may easily think that a God who would allow this to afflict us is not a God worth serving or worshiping. But we then might have to look and see clearly what we truly do serve and worship and ask ourselves if we are better off trusting in the gods we invent for ourselves rather than the God who created us and calls us always into relationship. We may also have the chance to learn the very humbling lesson that our Creator created us for Him and Herself, and not to be at our beck and call as we try to run creation our own way, rather than serve the One who created us. So this is shaping up to be a Lent like no other. A Lent without large gatherings. A Lent without students on campus. A Lent without touching. A Lent without Mass and sacraments a Lent shared more intimately with others than we might even care to imagine, a Lent in which we discover how deeply are, we are connected to everyone else and everything in nature, a Lent in which we might have more trouble than usual, believing that we are loved by our Creator. And somehow this may just be a Lent in which we learn the real meaning of fasting, prayer, and surrendering our own personal good for the common good of everyone. After all this talk of Lent and fasting, let me conclude this reflection by sharing a poem that was written just a day or two ago, shared by a friend with me. The poem is entitled Pandemic and is the work of the Reverend Lynn Ungar of the Unitarian Universalist Church. It calls us to see this experience we are now all sharing with each other against our own will as an invitation to the Jewish experience of Sabbath, the great rest meant to restore strength, fertility, family, and community. The poem reads, What if you thought of it as the Jews consider the Sabbath, the most sacred of times? Cease from travel. Cease from buying and selling. Give up just for now on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing, pray, touch only those to whom you commit your life. Center down. And when your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You could hardly deny it now. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has come clear. Do not reach out your hands. 
reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise this world you love for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, so long as we all shall live. Peace and blessings to all of you. We are all in this together. Let us stay connected and find in this season of Lent and through this fasting a deeper communion than we've ever experienced before.